Turn with me to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15 and verse 1. Noah in the Old Testament got a message from God. God told him, Noah, I want you to build a boat. And I want you to prepare because rain is going to come. And never had rained on the earth before. But Noah listened to the word of God. And he and his family prepared. Uh, Ultimately, they entered into the ark. God shut the door of the ark. And the rains came. And for 40 days and 40 nights, it was rain and a downpour and and an up up pour uh, from the ground and all kinds of things. And it was rain and water like unlike had ever been seen. Everyone else who neglected to listen to the voice of the Lord died and perished in that great flood. But Noah and his family were saved because they listened to God's Word. I want you to know God's Word. It's important to listen to God's Word. It can mean the difference between heaven and hell. It can mean the difference if you know Christ from living the abundant life or being under God's discipline. It is important to listen to God. Uh, One scripture says there is no other name under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name but Jesus Christ by which we must be saved. We need to listen to the message of God's word. Uh, In this scripture that we're talking about today, the Bible tells us, that Paul, in his work to the Gentiles, was ministering and teaching them salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Uh, However, there were some Jews that came from Jerusalem to the city where he was ministering and began to say to the Jewish people there, no, you have to become Jewish in order to receive salvation. See, normally what had happened before Jesus came was that if you wanted to have a, a role in the people of God and you were to be part of the people of God, you had to go through circumcision if you're a man and be joined to the people of Israel. That was the way that it happened. But when Jesus came, salvation was by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. So there was a dispute that broke out between Paul and, and the Jewish people who were saying different things about how a person can be saved. Now, that's a, that's a relevant issue for today because there's a lot of people saying a lot of different things about how a person could get to heaven. But the Bible says there's one way, and that's through Jesus Christ and salvation in his name. Um, so what did they do? Well, they sent and, and asked Paul and Barnabas and the Jews that were disputing, some of them as well, to come to Jerusalem, and they had a council. And, and the apostles and the elders or pastors uh, met together along with the people of God, and they began to discuss this issue and try to work it out. And they sought the Lord, and they came to a consensus, and, and the leadership of the Jewish church said, Look, I want you to know that uh, we did not send those people, <laughs> and we don't agree with those people. We believe that salvation comes by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. So they agreed together and they affirmed what God's word said and what Jesus said. 
and uh, the way of salvation was made clear, and they gave some instructions for the Gentiles to follow to help in their evangelistic work with Jews, but they did not require them to fulfill the law. Now, what they did is they listened for God's will, and then when they found God's will, they followed it. That's what they did. That's what we need to do. We need to determine what God's will is and follow it. That's what we're going to talk about today. The title of my message is Determining God's Will. And so look with me, if you will, in Acts chapter 15 and verse 1. So men came down from Judea and began to teach the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom prescribed by Moses, you cannot be saved. But after Paul and Barnabas had engaged them in serious argument and debate, the church arranged for Paul and Barnabas and some of the others of them to go up to the apostles and elders in Jerusalem concerning this controversy. When they had been sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, explaining in detail the conversion of the Gentiles. And they created great joy among all the brothers. When they arrived at Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church, the apostles, and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the believers from the party of the Pharisees stood up and said it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Then the apostles and elders assembled to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you are aware that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the gospel message and believe. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them by giving the Holy Spirit just as he also did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now then, why are you testing God, putting on a yoke on the disciples' necks that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way they are. Then the whole assembly fell silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul describing all the signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they stopped speaking, James responded, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has reported how God first intervened to take from the Gentiles a people for his name. And the words of the prophets agree with this as it is written. After these things, I will return and build David's fallen tent. In other words, he'll bring the Messiah. I will rebuild its ruins and set it up again so the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name declares the Lord who does these things, known from long ago. Therefore, in my judgment, we should not cause difficulties for those among the Gentiles who turn to God, but instead we should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from eating anything that has been strangled and from blood. For since ancient times, Moses had, has had those who proclaim him in every city, and every Sabbath day he is read aloud in the synagogues. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to select men who were among them to send them to Antioch with Barnabas and Paul, and Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, both leading men among the brothers. They wrote this letter to be delivered by them. From the apostles and, and the elders, you brothers, uh, to the brothers among the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. Because we have heard that some without our authorization went out from us and troubled you with their words and unsettled your thoughts, 
We have unanimously decided to select men and send them to you, along with our dearly loved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have sent Judas and Silas, who will personally report the same things by word of mouth. For it was the Holy Spirit's decision, and ours, to put no greater burden on you than these necessary things, that you abstain from food offered to idols, from blood, from eating anything that has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. You will do well if you keep yourselves from these. Uh, Farewell. Then being sent off, they went down to Antioch, and after they had gathered the assembly, they delivered the letter, and when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. Both Judas and Silas, who were also prophets themselves, encouraged the brothers and strengthened them with a long message. After spending some time there, they were sent back in peace to the brothers who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas, along with many others, remained in Antioch, teaching and proclaiming the message of the Lord. Determining God's will. How do you determine God's will in your life? There are several things this scripture teaches us. First of all, you look to God's work. What is God doing? Uh, that's what they did. Uh, Peter, when he was uh, having this dream, he was up, he was up on top of the, the, the building there having his prayer time, and God gave him this vision of a, of a cloth coming down with food on it that was unclean. He said, eat it, and no Jewish person would ever want to eat unclean food. He said, no, Lord, God forbid, and he sent that that towel back down three times, that sheet with all the things on it. And uh, then God said, listen, there's a man coming to you, uh, and they're going, these two men are going to ask you to come with them uh, to talk to a Gentile man. You go in, and you do what I tell you to do. And so Peter agreed, and he went. And uh, as he was speaking to Cornelius and these other Gentiles, by the way, a Gentile is just somebody that's not a Jew, in case you didn't know that, uh, as he's speaking to them, the Holy Spirit of God comes down upon them and fills them, and they begin to, to speak in tongues, which was a sign of the presence of God coming to the Gentiles, just as it had come to the Jews. And so Peter says, hey, you remember what God did? You remember I told you about what God did and how God moved and how God worked, and you heard that from my mouth, and you saw the effect that God worked in the lives of of these people. Uh, Jonathan Edwards uh, was, a, was an American uh, pastor and theologian, and uh, he was part of one of the great awakenings in America. And he said when, when God began to work, there were some things he wasn't too sure about, uh, but he would look and he would see, is the person's life changed? Has God changed their heart? And as he looked and he saw the work of God in their heart, he knew that God was at work. So looking at what God's doing can give you an idea of God's direction in your life. Maybe God wants you to join him. Some of you went through experiencing God, and uh, when we went through experiencing God, we, we learned that you to, to look and see what God is doing and join him. God may have something he wants you to be a part of, and he wants you to join and do. Uh, look at where God's working. Is God working in a family member's life? Maybe they're asking questions about spiritual things. You need to pray for that family member. Maybe God is at work at, at work, and there's some people that have started a Bible study. Maybe God wants you to support that Bible study with your attendance and join what God is doing in your workplace. 
maybe there's somebody with a need and, and God has given you a burden upon your heart to meet that need and, and you just need to respond to God and God's at work and you just need to join him in what he's doing. So when you de- de- determine God's direction in your life, one of the ways to do that is to see what God is doing, uh, but see what God is doing and also look at God's word because God's word uh, will tell you if something is legitimate. From time to time, I'll have people say, well, I met so-and-so, and and, uh, God has just supplied this person for me, and now I'm living with them, and we're not married, but God has sure been good to me, and God sent this person to me, and this is God's will for my life. That's wrong, because the Bible says that you're not to commit uh, fornication. You're not to have sex outside of the marriage relationship between a man and a woman. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say that. It's God's will. If this is God's will, uh, and, and we, we've somehow excused what we do and say, okay, God has, has sent this person, this must be of God. Be careful about that. God will never con- contradict his word uh, with what is happening in your life. So make sure you put God's word first in priority in those situations. But God will often show us what he's doing by how he works in our circumstances. So be aware of that, pay attention to that, and ask God to show you where he's working and then willingly join him in what he's doing. So that's the first thing. Uh, we tell uh, how, uh, what we're supposed to do. We determine God's will by looking to God's work. Secondly, not only look to God's work, but also look to God's word. Look to God's word. Uh, James gets up after Paul and Barnabas and Peter have, have spoken And uh, he says this in verse 15, And the words of the prophet agree with this as it is written. What's he doing? He's quoting the Old Testament. He's saying, this is, hey, this is not something we should get all bent out of shape about. God said he was going to do this. He said it in the Old Testament. And he quotes Amos chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, Isaiah 45, 21, and uh, possibly Jeremiah 12, 15 as well. Uh, And there's many other places in the Old Testament that talk about God's heart for the Gentiles. But look at what he says. He says, uh, I'll return and rebuild David's fallen tent. I'll rebuild its ruins and set it up again so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name. I praise God for that because I am a Gentile. (laughs) Praise God that the gospel is for the Gentiles too. Amen? For everybody. Um, so James quotes the Word of God. You can't go wrong quoting the Word of God. You can't go wrong looking to the Scripture to find God's will uh, for your life. Uh, some things are very clearly spelled out for us in God's Word. Uh, you don't necessarily need to, to form a committee to determine God's will about it because it's written right there in black and white in God's Word. So when you're determining God's will, let that be the... Uh, the chief thing that you look to along with the, uh, the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, there have been times in my life where God has just spoken to me through His Word about a specific situation. I remember one time uh, in, in my last church I was preaching uh, through a series, and, and I happened to be just reading in my quiet time through the book of Isaiah, and I came to this scripture 
And it just really spoke to me, and I thought, wow, this is our church. This is what we're going through right now. And so uh, God burdened me. I, I wrote a message about it, and I put my series to the side, and I preached the message. And, um, and I abruptly forgot it. But, you know, in that message, there was, there was a, a, a description of what God would do if we don't repent. And so I forgot about it, and I went on my merry way. Uh, several years later, a series of circumstances began to take place, and the very thing that that scripture passage predicted happened. And it took me about two weeks to realize it after it happened. And it just hit me one day. I thought, that's what I preached on. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow. Can I tell you something? God knows exactly how to speak into your life through his word. Let him speak to you. Uh, be in God's word on a regular daily basis and ask God uh, to speak to your heart as you read his word. Uh, there is one message of scripture. There's one meaning of scripture, but there's many applications of that. And uh, as you read God's Word, the Holy Spirit sometimes will apply something to your heart. He'll just touch you with that Scripture uh, and kind of say, this is for you. And He'll encourage you with that. Let God speak to your heart. If you're determining God's will, look to the Word of God. Spend time in God's Word and ask God to speak to you. It's a great way to determine God's will in your life. So how do you determine God's will? First of all, you look to God's work. Secondly, you look to God's Word. Thirdly, you look to God's wisdom. Look to God's wisdom. Now, uh, this involves looking to the Word of God, because God's Word is wise. That's one way you look, look for God's wisdom. But also, uh, it involves listening to godly people who have godly wisdom. The Bible says, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. You're trying to determine God's will in your life. One great way to do that is to spend time with some godly Christians and to share with them what you're praying about and ask for their advice. Now, their advice can't take the place of God's, God's word and, and the Holy Spirit in your heart, but God will often speak to you through wise counsel in your life. So listen to wisdom. Isn't it interesting? The church has this problem, and what do they do? Do they get on the phone and start a campaign? No. Of course, they didn't have phones back then. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, no, they don't do that. They don't, they don't uh, gossip in the back. No, they get all of the people get together, and the leadership gets together, and they talk about the problem openly, and they pray, and they seek God's will, and they hear from godly, wise people in the church, and they come to a consensus, and God works and moves in the situation. It's so important. God's wisdom helps us determine God's will. Um, the Bible says, uh, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Oftentimes, we're quick to speak and quick to become angry, and we're not too quick to listen. But as we listen, God can speak into our hearts and give us a true perspective. Have you ever kind of misunderstood a situation before? I have. Don't you feel like an idiot when you do that? And, you know, especially if you say something and, and you, you realize, boy, what an idiot I am. Here I've uh, said something about this issue and I just totally misunderstood it. It wasn't even that, that wasn't what it was about. Uh, 
sometimes we get ourselves into trouble because we don't have a right perspective on the situation that we're facing. Wise counsel is something that can help you get a right perspective on what's going on in your life. So don't neglect to get God's wisdom. And be in God's Word. Look in, say in the Proverbs. That's some great wisdom literature in life. The Bible is full of wisdom from cover to cover. Uh, but Proverbs was written for wisdom for everyday life. Make sure you avail yourself of that wisdom as you seek to determine God's will. So, how do you determine God's will, first of all? You look to God's work, look to God's word, look to God's wisdom, and finally, look to God's spirit. Look at verse 28. Um, This is part of the letter that they sent to the church at Antioch and to the Gentile church as a whole. Uh, Verse 28 says, For it was the Holy Spirit's decision and ours to put no greater burden on you than these necessary things. It was the Holy Spirit's decision. What does that mean? That means that they weren't just consulting people. They were asking God what he thought. They were seeking God's will in prayer. You see, they didn't just come up with some arbitrary things with opinions. Um, everybody's got an opinion about something, don't we? I mean, we, we all, we have a, I, I dare say, if I was to ask you about politics, we'd have a whole lot of different opinions in here. If, if I was to ask you uh, about uh, how to, to eat a healthy diet, we'd probably have a whole lot of opinions in this room. If I was to ask you how to handle a problem, I actually did this one time. I, I was having a problem in my church, and I, I had this group of pastors that I was praying with, uh, on a regular basis, and I went to them and I said, look, I'm, I'm dealing with this problem. What do you guys suggest I do? And there was 11 of those guys there. You know how many opinions I got? 11. Talk about frustrating. Uh, and so I finally said, well, I guess I'm just going to have to pray about it and, and follow, follow the, Lord's, the Lord's leading there. Uh, but, but sometimes you just need to hear from God. Now, I'm, I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit is concerned to lead us and guide us in our life when we're open to hearing that leadership. Uh, So ask God, say, Lord, give me wisdom about this situation. Uh, Lord, show me how to proceed. Uh, It seems kind of odd. If you look at verse 29, he says, says, uh, we we, uh, put no burden on you more than these necessary things, that you abstain from food offered to idols, from blood, from eating anything that's been strangled, and from sexual immorality, uh, you will do well if you keep yourselves from these things. Of course, sexual immorality was a sin. They weren't supposed to do that anyway. But these, all of these things were uh, things that the Jewish people were especially sensitive to, and they were also things that were involved in idol worship. And so he said, look, you're going to be trying to reach Jewish people in these different Gentile cities, Uh, Because there's Jews all over the empire. And so uh, you need to be sensitive to that. And you need to do these few things so that you can have an effective witness. And these Jewish people will be open to you so you can share Christ with them. Where did that come from? It came from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes something we may do may not be something commanded in God's word. But it's something that we do because the Holy Spirit leads us to do it. It's something that brings unity. I love the, I love the uh, result 
of God directing them and giving them his will, and they're following it. Um, look, at, look at verse 30. He says, sent off, being sent off, they went down to Antioch, and after gathering the assembly, they delivered the letter. When they read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. It brought joy to them when they found God's will. He says, both Silas and Judas were also prophets themselves. They were encouraging the brothers and strengthening them with a long message. Some of you think, well, if you, if you uh, preach a long message, I'm not going to be strengthened. I'm going to be headed for the door. But, uh, but that's what they did. They, they preached a long message and strengthened them uh, in their walk with God. All of this was a work of the Holy Spirit. And then verse 33 says, after spending some time there, they were sent back in peace. You know what the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is unity. God brought the church together through the Holy Spirit's leadership. As they sought to determine God's will, uh, they, they looked to God's work, they looked to God's word, they looked to God's wisdom, and they looked to God's Spirit, and God directed them in the way that they needed to go, and the church was strengthened, it was unified, and the purpose and the mission of God went forward. What a great thing. God is still in the business of showing us his will in the day-to-day details of our lives and in our church. Uh, make sure you look to these things in your life to find God's direction and come with an open, willing heart to obey. Uh, And God will guide you, and he'll lead you in your life, and you will fulfill his plan for your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much.